You're listening to Weekend Edition on Michigan Radio. For many of us now, to say something is incredible does not mean that it literally cannot be believed. That's what they say. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Kruth, and with us now is University of Michigan English professor Ann Kruzan. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. This week, we have a couple of questions from Laura. Laura says, first, please tell me why people are so uptight when I use the word Tupperware for plastic containers. And I do this, too. (laughs) As do I. And Tupperware is trademarked. And so the company needs to police that trademark and remind all of us of the origins of Tupperware and that we're using it quote unquote wrong when we use it generically. Now Tupperware, the plastic containers were created in the 1940s by Earl Tupper. So Tupperware is also an eponym, a word that is created from a proper name. And the Oxford English Dictionary editors define Tupperware very carefully in terms of that trademark. Their definition is proprietary name of a range of plastic vessels, containers, etc., sold exclusively at parties in private homes to which potential purchasers are invited. And there are these Tupperware parties. But If you look in Merriam-Webster online, the editors deal with this trademark differently. They note that the term is trademarked. They also capitalize it, capital T Tupperware. But then the definition is used for plastic food storage containers with tight-fitting lids. So they're going with it. (laughs) (laughs) So they're noting that this term has undergone genericization, but they also include the fact that it is a trademark. So the editors are trying to thread their way through the company's desire to police and the editor's observations about what's actually happening, which is that a whole lot of us use Tupperware to refer to a whole range of plastic containers. Now, if you look in the history of English, you will see that there are companies who have failed to successfully police their trademarks. A couple of these include Zipper and Thermos. I had no idea either of those were trademarks, especially thermos. Oh, my gosh. I used to have a thermos in my lunchbox when I was little, and it said thermos on the side. And I guess I just thought that was a label. (laughs) And then there are companies that people may have seen actively policing their trademarks, trying to remind us all that the term is trademarked, such as Xerox and Q-tip. Well, let's get to Laura's second question. Laura says, I hesitate using the word incredible because it seems to be saying not credible. What do you think, Anne? I think that we can put Laura's mind at ease on this one. It is true that when incredible appears in the 1400s in English, it means not believable. But we quickly get this weakened sense that something is difficult to believe or beyond what we might have conceived, which doesn't mean it can't be believed, it just is beyond what we might have thought was possible. And then it takes on this meaning of great. So difficult to believe or beyond what we might have thought in a really good way. And incredible is not the only word that has moved into that positive territory. Terrific, which originally means awe-inspiring or worthy of terror becomes really positive. And another interesting example is absolutely. When we use that as a response, if someone says, Anne, can you do that? And I say, absolutely. That means absolutely yes, not absolutely 
No. All right, Anne, well, thanks so much for clearing up both of those questions. And here's to an incredible new year. Incredible in the most positive sense of the term. Anne Curzan is a professor of English at the University of Michigan. We look at the evolution of language every Sunday here on Weekend Edition. If you can't always catch us on Sunday, you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have a question about our ever-changing language, email us at language at michiganradio.org.